This episode of Adventures in Aurelia brought to you by Gabe and Jeff from Interparty Conflict, Chai Kai, Fred on Fire, Avora Dawn, Zach B, and Dungeons and Randomness. You can join them in supporting the show at patreon.com slash adventures in Aurelia. Hello, and welcome to Adventures in Aurelia, a podcast where five friends sit around the table and record themselves playing Dungeons and Dragons. I'm Chris, and I play Rim, a human paladin. I'm Krista, and I play as Ariel, who is an Asmar divine soul sorceress. I'm Chantel, and I play Kanina, a tiefling sorceress. I'm Caitlin, I play Tempest, a water genasi ranger. And I'm Damien, I'm the DM. Okay, so I'm going to throw a curveball over to Caitlin. Uh, this episode, we'd like to give a shout out to Toss Cobble Cottage, who made this shirt that I'm wearing today. It says, you can trust me, I'm the DM. She makes really cool shirts, and she can even do things that you ask her to do. Yeah, Chris is wearing one of my shirts, too. I'm wearing one of yours also. <laughs> <laughs> my microphone pouch was personalized by Toss Cobble Cottage. <laughs> Yes, why don't you, why don't you uh, give us a little breakdown of Toss Cobble Cottage since it is your business? Well, right now, it's just a few shirt designs and I'm working on adding more. But I can do pretty much anything custom designs. I'm going to work on getting some more seasonal, just like cute or funny designs on shirts and stuff. But um but if you're if you're uh, nerdy enough to be listening to us, she does quite a few like role playing related shirts. The the dungeon master design that I'm wearing, she has the the uh, I like sports, especially ones that involve dice design. I love that one. Um, at some point in the future, we want to do some shirts made by her to sell as like fan merch for the show. She also does custom vinyl stickers. So yep. like if you want something for your oh, car. Yeah. Custom vinyl decals. Also do those. And I believe you had something a little special for uh, listeners of the show. I, think, I thought it was $5 I off. I think it's $5 off. It's, e- yeah, just coupon code E-R-Y-L-I-A. And it's tosscobblecottage.com. T-O-S-C-O-B-B-L-E-C-O-T-T-A-G-E. Only one S. Um, for the Etsy site, also Toss Cobble Cottage on Etsy or Toss Cobble Cottage on Facebook and Instagram. Are you looking for a great story? Do you love Star Wars? Do you like podcasts? If you said yes to any of these, check out the Redemption Podcast. What if I went into that room? I would be dead right now. Whatever what you guys do in the privacy of your own time is none of A1 or I's business. You walking hydro spanner, you stay off of my man. Check out Redemption Podcast at www.redemptionpodcast.com. A proud member of the RPG Academy Network. Okay. Who remembers what happened last time? Well, I did listen, but I don't Or, or better yet, who wants to sign up for giving the recap? So, in our last episode meaning two episodes because that was one recording session we restarted up the aurelian epic the party made their way down the lift system into the small village of Steren, 
where they were met by Miss Lydia Stonewell, the uh, the mayor of the village. And she talked to them a little bit. There's there's this thing that's been going on with uh, Grim Fang. And some of the party has been asking questions about it. Everyone knows that you encountered some of his, uh, his null band. And the village doesn't want to push you into doing it, but uh, they keep asking about it. And Lydia followed up with asking um, if you guys would be what you guys would be doing about the Grim Fang situation. Um, she also not really introduced you, more told you of the existence of um, Eldith. Eldith is a dwarf woman. She is a, a mill worker and a baker from the surrounding area that had been making her way to Port Norsal along the road that the gnolls have been attacking along. And since there was a recent attack and some strong adventures were about to be heading back, Lydia asked her to wait a couple days to see if you guys would be willing to escort her back. After getting her to come meet the party, um, you guys paid for her um, donkey and cart, Bucky, to um, be held at the stables where your guys' cart and horses are being held at. You guys had her, um, you paid for her meal, her room, some wine, and basically you kind of treated her real nice and eventually as you guys discussed things decided that you would take her at least part of the way to Port Norsal at least far enough to where you guys would feel confident that Knowles will not be a problem for her and she will be able to make it all the way safely in the morning as you guys left a uh, an older dwarf the uh, smith named Ulal um, he came out and offered you guys a masterwork sword for free under the contingency that you guys used it to slay Grimfang. However, through discussions so far and everyone being a little nervous about the situation, you guys don't plan to kill Grimfang. Instead, the plan is simply to locate him and deliver that information to a larger force that could hopefully use it to take him out. And you guys turned down his offer. Though, I forget if it was in character or not, the question of how much he would sell it to you for um, was brought up, and it was going to cost the party more than any one person has it. It was either 220 or 230 gold pieces. Yeah, 230. And it was in character, Nina asked. I have both those. You wrote both different numbers? No, I have enough to buy either of those. Oh. <laughs> well, he never spoke money. up. Well, he wasn't going to buy it. Well, yeah. Nina and Ariel were going to okay. possibly... Now, either way, yes. it's... Wait, um, no, it's 220, sorry. Being masterwork quality, it was very expensive, and no one felt like outright buying it. And at the time, no one was willing to take him up on his offer. Though, as far as you know, that offer still stands if you return to the village and wish to seek out Grimfang to kill him at a later date. You guys traveled for... um, We ended up wrapping the session up at about 4 p.m. on the 25th of Bellinus. So you guys traveled a little over half the day so far. And um, some wolves that were very erratic and angered had ran out of the forest and 
ended up attacking, um, based on who they attacked first, it seemed like they might have been hunting. They went for the, the horses at the lead first, but you guys were able to wipe out the larger wolf as well as the regular sized wolves, and none of the horses were long-term harmed. Didn't one wolf escape? Yes. Yes. Yes, one wolf after the largest wolf died, turned tail and ran away and was not able to be killed before they He's got too far away. He's running away with Tempest's arrow stuck in his butt. I was going to say, despite Tempest's like, last shot at him, he did manage to escape. Yeah, she got him, but got away. He's probably going to die in the woods, bleeding out. I have a asterisk, maybe track later. <laughs> <laughs> Because he was leaving a trail of blood as he ran. Yeah, it would be fairly easy to track. Yeah, and I see too that we took a short rest after you had skinned that wolf or during the time. <laughs> right, I skinned the wolf. Yep. Do you have wolf fur now? I didn't get to finish listening to the recording, so I haven't heard the very ending. Um, I believe I just kind of wrapped up as you guys finished your your rest. Um, there was a little bit of. Uh, miscommunication between Eldith and um, oh, yeah. Ariel. Oh, yeah. Eldith thought that any Ariel, sign of trouble... Ariel would... told Eldith at any sign of trouble she would cast magical armor on her and she didn't. No. But Ariel didn't see it as a sign of trouble because she was being all like, we got this. Yeah. Even though Bucky was freaking the fuck out. It's... About 4 p.m., as I stated, and you guys, um, I don't know if the agreement was a, f- was a day and a half or a full two days, but you have the rest of today to it finish. It's going to take us a day and a half to get her to where we could drop her off. That's what I mean. I don't know if you guys told her a day and a half or the full two days, but you guys have the rest of today for travel, um, and then either a half day or a full day of travel tomorrow before you send Eldith off on her own. I thought when I listened back, we had agreed upon a um, specifically two-day trip. That can always change. So, what's everyone doing? So are we picking up during our short rest? I think we will do a cut-in right as, like, during the short rest. So if there's anyone, like, anything anyone wants to roleplay during the short rest, because you guys are currently stopped and, well, resting and getting ready to continue on the road, um, assumingly until sundown. Okay, so I don't really have anything to talk about with other characters right now, so I'm going to say Ariel is, you know, taking care of the horses and just petting them, giving them some carrots. I know Kanina was uh, attuning to her ruby that she had gotten from the uh, Dwarven King, so... She will probably have that in her hands, and she'll be kind of rolling that around and looking at it and kind of just inspecting it. I believe part of attuning to that ruby was to um, affix it to a weapon. What is Kanina attaching this ruby to? I guess nothing, because I just had said last time I was attuning and we okayed it, but uh, I, don't, I don't have anything to attach it to at the moment. Okay. The main like thing with the ruby is that it lets you use a weapon as a focus. Can, can I, like, figure out what it does instead, then? Or would that be exactly attuning it? Um, I believe you can take that hour to figure out what the item itself does. Yeah, I'd rather do that then, and then I'll probably keep it in my mind, because I don't have anything on Kanina at the moment that I'd like to attach it to, so... 
I guess why don't you tell the audience what your your ruby does at the end of your short rest? So I have the Ruby of the War Mage. It is a wondrous item that is etched with eldritch runes. This one-inch diameter ruby allows you to use a simple or martial weapon as a spellcasting focus for your spells. For this property to work, you must attach the ruby to the weapon by pressing the ruby against it for at least 10 minutes. Thereafter, the ruby can't be removed unless you detach it as an action or the weapon is destroyed. So, oh, so you're going to need to buy a weapon. Okay, so for the purposes of this then, um, why don't you write yourself a note that all you're going to need to do in the future is press it to the weapon for 10 minutes now that you've... Because I'll count this as kind of attuning to the, the ruby itself, even though you haven't currently chosen a weapon to attach it to. Yeah, Kanina would be thinking about the Masterclass sword that we left behind and thinking how that would be nice, but she doesn't know how to use a sword, so that would that's kind of unfortunate. But she's keeping that weapon in mind because it was, it was very shiny and nice looking, <laughs> and she got Rem's approval from it, I believe, so... Tempest, what are you doing? Uh, so the one... Was there only one wolf that wasn't damaged by fire? I believe it was you got one wolf's pet, yes. It says, I skinned the wolf that hasn't been burned. I didn't need to rest, because I didn't take any damage. So while everybody else is doing their resting stuff, I'm going over and skinning the one wolf that isn't all charred and crispy and washing the the skins with I'm guessing with my just my water skin rinsing all the blood off all the goop goop Goop. (laughs) (laughs) let's go to Rem for the short rest what are are you doing during your short rest Um, he was basically making like just probably tending to the horses after he healed them and Making sure nothing's broken, like with the cart or the horses. Okay, um, go ahead and roll perception. 17. 17, as you're kind of checking out the cart, you don't notice any further damage to the cart, aside from what happened during your prior encounter. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't have mending. <laughs> Alright, so it sounds like the party is um, is getting ready to, to get back on the carts. And kind of towards the end as Eldith sees everyone, everyone like starting to get ready, she kind of meanders through the group and it's just like, you know, you you, you guys are, are something a little different. If, uh, I've never seen anything quite like what you just did to these wolves. That, uh, the thing, and she looks over at Ariel. That was like, you know, if I heard that as a story, I wouldn't believe it. You know, a giant wolf like that, and you just kind of looked at it, said a couple things, eyes went light, and boom! It's just gone. Yeah, that that would be Kosain. Yeah, flash that wasn't me. <laughs> That wasn't me. That was Kosain. <laughs> Nina will kind of she walk up to Ariel us. and just be like, no, no, Ariel, you know, Kosain is your your god and whatnot, but or your angel, your guiding person. But it, at the same time, this was uh, abilities that you showed. So you got to take credit for things that you do. And so she'll just kind of clap her arm on your shoulder and just like pat you kind of strong on the, across the back. <laughs> and just be like, you, you got to the... 
own up to the abilities that you're capable she of. She almost like falls yeah. forward to your strength. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're getting stronger all the time when we may be uh, outstanding adventurers, but... <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're definitely capable of getting stronger all the time and doing mighty feats, like slaying this, this great wolf here. <laughs> so, uh, how much longer do you think we're going to make it today? It's only, she looks up, about mid-afternoon. We should we should have some time to keep going, right? Yeah, I think we're, we're good to go. We just, uh, we're kind of settling and making sure everything was okay after the run-in with the wolves, so we should be good to set up now. Okay. I just I just wanted to make sure that you know we, we kind of took a took a break and I don't think anyone really talked about the the reason for the break and I just wanted to make sure that we weren't uh, calling it quits already. Oh, oh I not. think we were just trying to make sure the horses and um, Bucky was okay to keep going. The horses kind of got a little injured, so yeah. I just I I wanted to make sure that we were gonna be getting getting a move on. Oh. Of course, sorry to worry you. We just wanted to make sure things were okay before we set off. Nothing like uh, being caught unprepared later down the road when it gets dark. So, we'll set off shortly. And, uh, like, if she had walked out, she had a, a loaf of bread with her. It's a bit, and she kind of rips off one of the ends of it and hands it over to Kanina to kind of pass around to the group. She's oh. like, it's, it's a couple days old. It's not the freshest, but... <laughs> Thank you. And yeah, I bet it's delicious. It's a little something <laughs> to eat for right now, you know, since we're not stopping for 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 supper yet. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you. And she'll hand off a hunk and like hand it to Ariel since Ariel's closest. Ariel pull off a chunk and hand it to either she's gonna pass it back and forth, not sure who's gonna take it. <laughs> just holding out her hand. Like, yes, I'm just hold she's just hold or I'm just holding up my hand. What do you want? Rim's rim's still with the horses. Oh, I was by the horses too, so I imagine we were just all together. The horse is going to eat it if you hold it out any longer. <laughs> there you go. I'll princess. give it to Princess. <laughs> the uh, the paint leans over and. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> no, none for you. <laughs> it's it's gone, and that horse ate it. Kenina <laughs> will like tear off a smaller chunk of the bread <laughs> that she had, eat the smaller chunk, and give the rest to like Tempest wherever Tempest is standing. <laughs> Thanks, I'm good. Oh, all right. Eldith, for two days old, this bread is delicious. You guys see Eldith walking over to, to her cart, and she kind of pats old Bucky on his uh, on his side and just goes, Well, Bucky, you've uh, you had an hour or so to rest. You're ready to get moving again, and you just... And a little bit of a nod from him. Kanina will go ahead and start heading over to our cart and just be like... Well, uh, you guys all set? We good with our card arrangements? Or do we want to switch off anywhere? I think I'm still going to stick with Eldith. Okay. Just in case you never know. Yep, that's a good idea. You did say you could uh, put that magical armor on her if needed, so that'd be yep. useful. I'll just give old Bucky a quick carrot since I gave some to the horses, and then I'll hop in the cart and we'll be ready. Janina will lean over around and kind of raise her voice since Rem's a little, just a tiny bit away. She'll just be like, Rem, are you driving or am I driving? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Kinina will start walking toward like the front of the cart and look at Tempest and it's like, Tempest, you good? Yeah. Can I ride up front with you this time? Uh, it's a little lonely in the cart. Sure. Rim will start dragging any bodies of the wolves off the off the path if they're on the path. Yeah. Kinina will launch herself up into the front and get the reins ready. And then once Tempest and Rem are set to go. Tempest will secure her wolf pelt to where the gear is in the cart. 
tie it down. It's all nicely folded or rolled up. <laughs> Is it still bloody? No, no she I washed said I it. washed it. Oh, okay. Yeah, she got it all skinned and cleaned up, and it 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 needs to needs to dry, but it's it's as prepped as Tempest can get it while on the move. Um, and and then I hop up onto the front seat next to Kanina, oh. and just sort of stretch out a little bit. You know, just grin big at you and be like looking at Rem if he's not in the cart or going for <laughs> it. out in front of you. Basically, you could start going and he'll just top on as you go by. Alrighty, Rem, we're taking off and you know, we'll start doing the, the horses at like a gentle gallop forward or gentle trot. Rem's been dragging the bodies of the, the wolves off the road and then basically as the cart reaches him, he'll just kind of hop up on and then slip inside. And which cart is going first again? I can't remember. Was Ours it? is. I think we Ours? follow. Okay. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we're going forward and we will continue. And with that, the wagons uh, begin making their way on the road again. So Kanina will be uh, making probably idle chatter about uh, our travel thus far and being like, well, the way you skinned that wolf was pretty cool. Have you done much uh, hunting and such in the past? Because I know you're pretty uh, shipbound for a while there. Yeah, not really. Um, I read some books about it, talked to the guys that were on the boat that had some experience with it. We only really ever dealt with fish, maybe hmm. the occasional porpoise. But yeah, I mean, I guess I just got kind of lucky that it worked out the way that I wanted it to. Yeah, that was really impressive, especially if that was just like your first experience getting like a land animal. I'm excited to maybe make some some little like gloves with it because the weather's gonna start getting colder here soon that is true it is kind of in the uh the fall months now <laughs> i haven't had too much experience hunting myself well, i did the occasional you know like rabbit snare here and there when i was younger it was mostly my grandpa sh showing me how to do that kind of thing but at the same time i i've always been kind of just more inclined to <laughs> help out and cooking and that kind of thing but I'm always eager to learn new new tricks here and there. Tying rabbit snares sounds like it would be like right up my alley. You'll have to show me how to do that someday. Because I'm sure there's a knot just for it. Oh, yeah, you're right. That would probably be excellent. Then you could show me more knots. <laughs> yeah, we had some fun on the uh, the ship as we were traveling, learning how to tie some knots that you were kind enough to show us. So, But, uh, yeah. Hmm. I noticed uh, you had some trouble driving the uh, the wagons last time. <laughs> yeah, I've never tried doing that before. Uh, a little bit of a high stress situation. I'm sorry I threw you guys off. I think we hit a pothole. Yeah, no, that's definitely likely to happen. It wasn't exactly the easiest. It's not. It's not fun uh, trying to calm down uh, stressed out uh, horses. They they do tend to like they to do their own do thing. just do whatever they want. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty powerful beasts, and if you don't know how to like treat them properly, it can definitely be a uh, uh, hard situation to control. <laughs> we'll have to give you lessons sometime and see if you can help. Not that you can do much about a horse that's fearing for his life, but <laughs> no, that would be really cool to get some pointers. I. I felt bad that I kind of messed things up, but... Oh, you didn't mess things up. That was your first time learning. You it. fell off. I did fall off, but I'm fine. <laughs> I'm sturdy. <laughs> okay. Nothing broke. Thanks. I guess it's better to think that it wasn't just my fault. <laughs> no, no. Sometimes it's just bad luck. 
And Kanina would go on to kind of give her some basic tips about like maybe how to handle the reins and how horses are ten- like prone to react and that kind of thing. That sort of thing. So, so as travel is happening, um, Kanina and Tempest have been having this conversation. Let's say, um, you know, this is all happening over the course of another hour. And who would like to volunteer to roll me a flat d20? Me! <laughs> As you reach for Just, your d20. <laughs> would, would anyone else like to? Because Chantel, I think, has done the last two or three. Krista would like to volunteer. That was bad. Somebody else should have done it. Nope. All right. <laughs> it, what a, it's an eight. <laughs> it's an eight. An eight is only slightly under middle. <laughs> and remember, the number doesn't necessarily dictate bad things because if it's a chance roll of random list of stuff. Oh, is that what we're rolling for? Is it? This is fate. That's what these <gasps> random d20 rolls are. They are fate, fate and luck. See, I need to roll all my bad ones now for things <laughs> like this and then my good ones when I roll attacks. Okay. Everyone that isn't Rem, roll me perception. Rem, you're in a cart. That's the only reason you're not getting this. <laughs> Tempest didn't get to roll when she was in the cart either. All right, Ariel? Uh, 17. Kanina? Uh, nine. Tempest? Six, because I rolled a natural one. Oh. Ouch. I am... Wholly engrossed in the horses. Yeah, apparently her and I are just I guess, like yeah, I guess nar- Narratively, this makes sense. Um, We're busy talking. Tem- Tempest. Well, not only are Tempest and Kanina busy talking, but Kanina is trying to trying to impart some of the knowledge of how to drive the cart onto Tempest, um, hoping that in the future it will prevent her from driving the cart off the road and getting everyone killed. Which also narratively makes sense that Kanina would want to do something like that. Meanwhile, um, Ariel is probably sitting in relative silence with Eldith because you guys spoke so much in your first like eight hours on the road that you've kind of reached that point that you know when you take a road trip and all of a sudden like three hours go by where no one's really saying anything they're just looking out the windows and yeah that's basically what we've shared all our stories (laughs) (laughs) no more stories to share that's basically what's happening right now and what ariel notices is um off in the direction of Port Norsal and kind of coming in, there's a little bit of cloud cover forming. Did I roll a storm? (laughs) I need message so I can send the message. (laughs) I can't remember. Is Port Norsal... Norsal is where you are heading. Norsal is we're heading. Yes. So it's in front of you. Not a storm. You are seeing clouds. Cloud cover. Yes. (laughs) Dark clouds? Like black clouds, They're or kind like of gray from what you're seeing right like now. Like rain clouds. Yeah, it's not yet, but this is just kind of in the last hour. It's been a pretty nice day while you've been traveling so far, and in this last hour, you've just kind of noticed up ahead of you that there's some some clouds coming. It looks like tomorrow. Um, actually, go ahead and roll uh, nature. I, I was going to say I I would probably watch the sky to see which way the clouds are blowing. Uh, 18. An 18, so yeah, it's just over time you've noticed that these 
that these clouds are forming and it looks like probably tomorrow you might be dealing with a little bit of a drizzle, which isn't unheard of. You've dealt with that in the past on this same road. And let's say, you know, uh, Ariel is seeing this happen over like the next hour. Time is passing. You're reaching about 7 p.m. in in game time. So the sun is is starting to descend um, because you guys are in a kind of a forest area and you're a bit inland the the sun is probably starting to set for where you guys are at you guys would know based on the time of year you're reaching an hour or so until sunset hey i'm gonna call ahead hey nina yes i think we should probably stop and set up camp before it gets dark oh yeah why's that we should keep going though for a while though i think it's gonna get dark within the hour oh why is that because the DM just said that it's sunset right now. <laughs> Eldith wins, like, kind of mumbles over as you're talking. What, are you scared of the dark? Well, we have been walking the horses for a while, and and maybe. I guess, how, how are the horses looking on uh, on the our, our cart? Uh, Kanina and Ariel, why don't both of you roll um, animal handling? Hmm. <laughs> Oh, good. That's not a one. <laughs> Ariel wouldn't know. <laughs> She's only seen animals in picture books. <laughs> and fed them carrots. She's finally happy to meet a horse. <laughs> and yet she's behind a, and a donkey. Yeah. Well, she's got to go with Eldith. She'd rather be with Princess. But, but the donkey probably also can't. It isn't as strong as a, as a, a horse that is meant for pulling a cart. Like he's pulling a much smaller vehicle. Um, Ariel, what'd you get? Six. And Kanina? Fifteen. Fifteen. Um, Kanina, like, looking up at the the horses, kind of, like, you're you're looking at, like, their, their size to see how, like, sleek back and covered in sweat they are. And it doesn't, it doesn't seem like they're they're that bad, and that's probably because you had only just rested about two hours ago. You think they've got a good two hours left, even though it's it's a long day for them. You haven't been pushing them. It's been kind of a, a steady trot. You guys did take a break for a while to rest the horses and let them recharge. And uh, since Ariel was saying that, don't you think they'd, they'd want to take a break? Eldith is uh, looking up at Bucky, and she just goes... Uh, Bucky, you you doing okay up there? And uh, Bucky just kind of like nods his head up and down as he keeps pulling along, and and Eldith like reaches down, gives him a gives him a slap on the butt, just like yeah, old Bucky here. He's he should have a a good little while left in him. I guess you said since it's like sunset time, how much daylight do we have left technically, and how much uh, light would we have still after the sun went down? You're looking at about an hour until the sun is down mm -hmm. with a good 15 to 30 minutes afterwards until it starts getting like dark. Mm. You know, because this is like the equivalent of August. You've got that period of time where the sun is down and you've got a deep blue, but it still takes a little bit before it really fades out to black and you just can't see anymore. So Kanina will go ahead and be like, uh, I think the, the horses are up here are fine. I'm not sure about Bucky, but it sounds like from what uh, Eldis says, uh, Bucky seems fine as well to keep it going. I think we should keep going for maybe another half hour and then set up camp and we should have like an hour of daylight left. Yeah, Bucky's a real workhorse. 
Yeah, so, uh, like Ariel said, it may not, might not be the safest thing to travel too long after dark, just so we can keep our uh, wits about us in case, you know, any dangers lurking, so. I just also thought if we are able to sleep in the night, we could travel in the dark. I mean, it's travel in the light. Well, we'll be leaving uh, probably, you know, just before the sun comes up or around that time anyways, so. We'll, we'll travel for another half hour if that sounds good to everybody else, and then we'll set up camp. We'll look for a okay. good place. What do the other party members think? This conversation is happening around you guys. Rem's snoozing in the back. I'm going to say, Rem's, Chris said Rem was sleeping in the cart, so... This conversation doesn't rouse him. No, not really. He's old. Because I am yelling, because I'm behind you guys. Oh, and that means Kanina's yelling back. Yeah. Okay. We just want to make sure that the other party members have a chance to speak up if they want. I think we're good to go for a little bit longer. It's not quite dark yet. So, anyways, yep. So, if nobody says it otherwise, Kenny's going to keep rolling the cart forward for another half hour until we see, like, a good place. She'll be watching for a good place to make camp. Maybe someplace that's a little more secure looking, I guess, if there's anything on the road that looks like that. Something we could maybe put our backs against or someplace that has a good vantage point, maybe. Is there any streams of some sort of water source nearby <laughs> um you guys are like within by cart like 10 minutes of a lake you guys are with since you guys are on the western side of this journey and you are only in your first day you are still within the bounds of the lake is this the lake that we stopped at before it is oh so we would know that place yeah it might be a good idea to camp at the lake yeah like that might give us a good vantage point it would be one less side for us to get anything sneaking up on us. Um, I will say just narratively, you guys are past the location of your previous camp, so you don't have the benefits of using your previous campground. So we're past but, the lake? No, but you are still in the lake. Just you guys are further than that was. Okay, okay. yeah. There's like a- um, more adventures. Yeah. Make it work. Yeah, Um. so having like continued on past the lake and not com- completely past, but continue past our campsite, we're still by the lake. Yeah, uh, listening to Tempest's advice, so Kenina will go ahead and start pulling the cart to a stop and being just like, yeah, I think this might be a safe place to stop for the night then. Well, I'd hate to lose daylight, but at the same time, it might be better to take advantage of this camp spot. (laughs) As you guys all stop and start getting ready for, like, you start setting up camp, how about all of you roll me a survival check? The cart comes to a stop and Rem kind of rouses awake and is told that it's time to set up camp. Yeah, so Kanina will start. Um, she'll pull the cart to the side and she'll make sure the horses are, you know, tied off in a secure manner. And then she'll start unloading the cart. Ariel definitely would jump out of the cart as soon as it stopped and head over and help you with Princess. <laughs> so she could tell her how how much he's such a good horse and and how much she loves him. Tempest will jump down and start gathering wood. So about that, you guys would have a, a little bit of firewood stored in the cart. Didn't you say we were next to a forest? You are. You're going to have to roll. <laughs> how many sticks can you gather? <laughs> that's, that's how you do it. You're just a ways off from the, because you guys went to the lake side. So you're talking oh. like... You're talking like 60 like, feet or something away or <laughs> more. No, like it was 10 minutes from the road to the lake. So it's like, oh, and that was by cart. You're talking like a half hour trip on foot. Mm-hmm. Tempest, you, you are collecting 
firewood? Are you just getting stuff out of the cart or are you going to make the journey by yourself or with help over to try and get wood from the forest? Or are you just going to kind of scavenge the area, picking up sticks that might have made their way over? See if I can find any sticks or any bushes that are dropping twigs. I was going to say, depending on how long it takes Kanina to kind of help unload the cart for camp stuff, she'd probably help out with gathering. You it's know. very uncommon for a lake to not have shrubbery around it. Yep. We'll go ahead and have you roll, uh, both of you, Kanina and Tempest, roll investigation. Yeah, whatever happened to that survival check you had us roll and then never announce. I forgot that I didn't get the results from that. Not good. Uh, my investigation was four. I found no sticks. I was 13. 13. I'm picking grass. <laughs> this will burn, right? Um, I'm sure once we dry it out enough. What side of the lake are we on? You guys are on the south side of the lake. So, Kanina and Tempest go to try and find some some firewood. And it's like, I, I imagine narratively Tempest was just kind of like, I'm going to go find some stuff to, to start a fire. And Kanina was just like, okay, I'm going to go help. Yes. <laughs> Me too. Tempest is like, looking around and was like, oh, this is green and all oh, this isn't ready to burn yet. And oh, hey, here's some here's some dead grass. <laughs> Kanina's just like, will these sticks burn? And Tempest is just like, yeah, those will burn good. And Kanina's just like, how about these sticks? Wouldn't I know what would burn or not? <laughs> yeah, but I just for like, because she was the one that kind of led. Me. Yeah. <laughs> she she was the one that led this this expedition and you're normally all looking up to people. So you're just like, here it was just like oh yep those will those will all do it just how about these ones i think i'd be more concerned about the amount than rather what would burn because i'm sure she would probably if she was unsure of it she'd probably test out a few <laughs> be just like does this burn <laughs> and we'll say that you guys have managed to save yourselves about half a night's worth of firewood just by what you've scavenged um, so Kanina will look at her and just be like, well, we can uh, go ahead and use up what we have left at camp if we want to use that as well, because uh, this should save us, you know, half a night's worth of firewood. But uh, we could always venture out farther if we wanted to get more. I'd be down for a little bit of a walk if we wanted to. Um, let's see how everybody else is doing. And then okay. maybe we can wander over to, I think I see some trees over there that aren't too far away. Okie doke. For your guys' information as characters, you guys know that any of the trees at this point, it will be dark by the time you reach them and come back, but that does they are still an option. Um, and I imagine that kind of what Kanina and with a little bit of help from Tempest have found are largely like kind of kindling and starters. So you'll be using like the larger logs that you guys have for long burning, but you've got plenty to get to get today's fire going and picked up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so can you know, take, like, grab like a huge the armful of what they have and uh, walk back to camp with the others. Is the lake have like a rocky shore or a sandy shore? A rocky shore. Okay, so I'm gonna go find the biggest rock I can lift and bring it back and set it like in the middle by the wagons area and cast light and light it up. Okay. So we have lights if it gets dark. 
Go ahead and roll me a strength check. Also, the size of the rock doesn't affect the size of the light spell. I know. I just wanted to. <laughs> Ariel is wouldn't she would just grab the biggest rock, thinking that it would help. So eleven. Eleven. You find a like basketball-sized boulder. Perfect. I have no idea what an eleven would actually get you for how much you can carry, but that seems that seems about the size I imagine eleven would be. So now there's a twenty-foot radius of bright light, and then additional twenty of dim around the rock. Which probably does help with setting up the rest of camp as the yeah. sun goes down. It only lasts an hour, so that's what she figures. And it, like, kind of as this is happening. Um, I imagine that it was while Kanina and Tempest were gathering twigs from like the shore of the lake, Ariel walks out to find a big rock inside the, the lake, the, the banks of the lake. So you guys see her like walk out to the lake. You guys are still picking up your sticks and you see her walk back in carrying a basketball sized boulder. And Kenina will just be like, uh, I think we need uh, smaller rocks to like set up the, the campfire circle. Oh, <laughs> I was just going to light the rock up. Oh, yeah. Th- Make that, light. That'd be, that'd be useful. Like a lantern. Yeah, good well, idea. Torch. But I can set up I can set up a circle to put the sticks in. I'll do that next. Yeah. And then Kenina will just be like, eh, it'll, it'll save fuel for the lantern. <laughs> And Ariel walks her way back into camp, drops the rock down, and you said you were going to cast light on it. I'm going to cast light on it, get it lit up, and then I'm going to go find more medium-sized rocks to make a circle for them to put their sticks in for a fire. You walk out, you find some some rocks. Go ahead and roll investigation. Ooh, that would be a crit 20. (laughs) You find rocks. Plus like three, I think. (laughs) So a 23? Yeah, 23. You find rocks that are the absolute perfect size for setting up a fire ring, whatever size that may be. Because I rolled a crit 20, can I make it a heart? All right. Um, As the rest of everyone gets back to camp, they find a like a fire, a fire circle um, in the shape of a heart. Um, Would that actually be effective in containing the fire? It would work. It's not standard in any way, shape, or form. You're not sure you've ever seen something like this, but it's what you see. How close to the shore of the lake are we? Um, probably a couple hundred feet. Rim's gonna take the uh, the lan- his lantern of revealing and light it, and then he's gonna walk the shoreline. Like he's gonna walk to the shoreline and probably walk about 100 uh, to 150 feet both directions to see if he sees any tracks that lead up in the in the shoreline to see if anything's using this as like a an area to gather water rem this is an item that i don't think has literally ever been brought up in the campaign and it comes from before the recordings for this episode why don't you tell everyone what the lantern of revealing does the lantern of revealing a wondrous item uncommon when lit, this hooded lantern burns for six hours on one pint of oil, shedding bright light in a 30-foot radius and dim light an additional 30 feet. 
invisible creatures and objects are visible as long as they are in the lantern's bright light. You can use an action to lower the hood, reducing the light to dim in a five-foot radius. So it's basically a torch. And you're using this in bright light right now? Yeah, it's, it's in full open. So it's 30 feet of bright light, another 30 feet of dim. So it's like a torch. The only difference being if they're in the bright light and it's an invisible creature or object that appears. Okay. And it burns for six hours on a pint of oil. I think I'm going to go ahead and have you roll perception. No, survival, because you're trying to find tracks, right? Yeah, I'm, I, well, I'm just checking the shoreline to see if anything does use this area, like if it's if I can see. Like, okay, go ahead and roll perception with advantage because you've got like a, a lantern that's going to be like it's going to be a little more pointed than just torchlight. 20. As you're walking around, you are seeing some tracks. Go ahead and roll me a nature as well, just to give me an idea what creatures you might recognize versus just a shape of a footprint. Four. A four? I'm just looking for tracks in general. Whether I identify them or not really wasn't important to them. Um, for the most part, what you're noticing are hooved tracks, though they are varied in size from, you know, probably the size of deer and cattle. Even smaller than that, like, okay, um, out of out of Rem's knowledge, from the size of, like, a pig, okay. like that size, up to a large horse, like like a draft horse, not just a riding horse. So to give kind but of mostly a... mostly hooves, no... But, but mostly, mostly hooves. Every once in a while, you, you do come across, like, a, a humanoid... Um, whether that is dwarven, I guess from the size of the size of feet, you'd notice like dwarven and and human sized footprints, but they're they're few and far between. Most of them have been washed out by rain over time. I imagine what you're seeing is mostly stuff that's like in mud that that like it dried kind of into the shape and hasn't washed away because it hasn't rained since someone has come through this way, and nothing invisible. Rem does not uncover any invisible creatures in this area. Or items. <laughs> yes, no randomly placed invisible items. Secret invisible treasure chest. You never know. Somebody might have dropped something invisible and like, ah, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> Where did my invisible wand go? But yes, as Rem goes off to do that, I imagine uh, Kanini and Tempest would start setting up the fire unless Tempest has other plans and... Nope. Yep. So start building the fire. Yep. And so Kanina will notice the odd shape of the fire pit and the stone surrounding it, but she uh, won't comment because she knows Ariel tried her best. <laughs> so she'll go ahead and start setting it up, and she just figures as long as it's wide enough to contain the fire and we can make a decent-sized fire with it, it should be fine. So. <laughs> yeah, and you can light this, no problem. Exactly. So. Do your thing. Fire. <laughs> So Rem takes some time out looking for tracks and he comes back to the campfire lit. There is a stone that is lit up. As Rem gets back, he'll look around at everybody and then be like, I'll take first watch. Oh, sounds good. Uh, I'll take second watch then. So uh, I, I don't plan on taking a watch, but before we, you know, figure out watches or I guess, you know, after before people start taking watches and go to bed. What are we going to do for food around here? Well, I'm glad you asked. Rations. Yeah, I've I, got rations. I got a couple in my in my cart if that's what we're doing. I just 
We got a campfire going. I wasn't sure if we were going to maybe cook a little. I guess then Kanina will go ahead and be like, Tempest, can you catch fish with your bare hands? I've never tried. Let's go find out. <gasps> yes. <laughs> Do you need me to light something? If you cast light on something else, will it make the big rock go out? Oh, yeah, probably. But there's, but there's a fire. I'll just bring the big rock with me. <laughs> It'll help you stay on the bottom. <laughs> just put it on the end. I'm not planning on waiting all the way in. Is Tempest going to try and pick up the big rock? I will try and pick up the big rock. Roll me a strength check. <laughs> oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> Fifteen. Ooh, that's better than I got. Okay, you are able to pick up the big rock. Nice. I pick up the big rock. I carry it just so that it's like just inside the water. Not like totally underneath. And, and then I'll just wade up probably mid-thigh level. Take a look. See if I see anything. I don't think another skill applies better than survival, so go ahead and roll me a survival with disadvantage. Nine. A nine. You wade yourself out just a little bit. You're probably 10 feet, maybe 15 feet out into the water for being at the proper depth. And every once in a while, you'll, you'll see a fish kind of swim by. A, a decent size, like like two or three of these, would feed your small party no problem. And you, you, you're trying to, to, to reach out and catch them. And you just aren't having any luck. I'll haul the rock back and say, well, no luck. No luck. Oh, that's a shame. Well, at least you tried. Rations it is. I have spices. It'll make it better. Why don't Why don't we try my suggestion and, and tie pieces? We can take string off of our rope and then tie little pebbles and I can light one and see if we can lure one like a, like a fishing hook kind of thing. Do we actually have a hook, though, to catch them? Or are you going to catch it with your hands? Well, if somebody stands close by, then we can lure it to it and then try to grab it. It'd just take two people. I mean, I'd be down for trying it. So, Nina will, you know, grab a stick, I guess, that we haven't burnt yet for the fire. <laughs> and she'll pull out, like, some of the, I don't know, the rope. Or, she'll, like, pull out the rope, some of the rope she has, like, cut it and, like, whittle it down to twine. <laughs> tie, a, tie a little stone up. <laughs> I was gonna say, while you guys were gone trying your stuff, I probably was Did already okay. trying to make them. Yeah, because well, if, if you have she it ready, was probably then. like, well, we could try what I was. Well, good luck, guys. I'm gonna dry it. <laughs> okay. What is Rem doing in all of this? Rem's just been sitting by the fire eating hardtack. So he's just resigned to the rations. Yeah, just, just like I'm gonna eat the rations that I brought for camping. <laughs> Eldith, at least for now, she she sits down next to Rem, and I guess Tempest is is at the fire too. As um, as Ariel and Kanina walk off to go try Ariel's idea, and uh, Eldith Eldith has another uh, another like half a loaf of bread that she brings out, and she tears off a hunk and passes it off, and is like, "Well, and I guess uh, I'll start with this and see if they catch anything." And if if not, then I got some I got some cured meat in my bag that I can eat too. And she tears off a, a chunk of bread. She passes the bread over to Rem. Rem will take the bread and like you know with a mouthful of food, kind of like thank her with a nod and a 
you know you're supposed to share the the last half of that with with her too. Now, he'll tear off a piece and hand it off. <gasps> yeah, uh, you, you know I share with you, you share with them. It's I thought how, they were eating fish. Oh, they haven't brought any fish back, and she already gave up. And didn't this, give up. I I gave it a good try. Okay, you uh, you tried. It didn't work. And uh, I guess we're eating rations for now, right? That's what they're for. Yep. We'll see what they come back with. And we'll pan back over to <laughs> Ariel and Kanina. Kanina's just like stupidly okay. excited about this. <laughs> okay, so you hold the stick and I cast light on the on the rock. You hold this and then I'm going to try to grab it. But, but I wanted to try to catch a fish. Can we take turns? Sure. <laughs> About five to ten minutes after Ariel and Kanina left from the camp, the large rock in camp goes dim and goes out. <laughs> you still have campfire. Yeah, it's not, it's not pitch black. <laughs> but it is like someone turning off the lantern and leaving you with only it's a big difference. A campfire. But then we see little little pinpoints. Off in the lake. So who is fishing first? So Ariel's going to slowly get, like, move one step at a time to try to not, to cause the fish to scatter. And then she's just going to, like, get ready. Get as low as she can to the water and just get ready. Kanina's, like, stone still holding the stick, not moving, looking with her dark vision to try to follow the fish as much as possible. (laughs) Yeah, we both have dark vision. Yeah. Ariel, I would give disadvantage, but technically Kanina is helping. <laughs> Why would we have disadvantage? Because I had disadvantage. Mm-hmm. Oh, for Because what? you guys aren't using fishing gear. You're makeshifting oh. We're trying to catch fish with our bare hands. Yeah. <laughs> Does Kanina have proficiency in survival? Uh, I believe I do. Let me double check. Yes. Okay. Then yes, Kanina is helping in this action. So go ahead and roll survival. Is that a one? No, it's a seven. <laughs> I mean, you have inspiration if you want to waste it on this. <laughs> Plus two. I don't want to waste it on this. Okay. <laughs> so it's a nine. <laughs> a nine. Trying your guys' best. Unfortunately, you're not having much better luck than before. Like, you you notice that it's it's working so much in that littler fish are coming up to check out the the light and after let's say five minutes of just standing there watching and not wanting to go for the little fish a, a bigger fish um one that by itself you think would probably feed the whole group comes up and it, it's actually going to eat the littler fish that have gathered around this light because it can see them in the light but you thrust your hand down finally seeing a big enough one to to catch and at that moment Kanina sneezes sure Kanina Kanina sneezes it distracts you for that like (laughs) that exact millisecond that you're about to to grab it and the fish darts away hearing that splash as you thrust your hand into the water and it runs and it swims (sighs) off we almost got it I'm sorry I sneezed um, now, we did mention that we were able to, we wanted to switch. Can we switch turns and I, can I roll for it now? Yes, all you are doing hey, is I'll hold the further stick. delaying your time. Yes. I'll hold the stick now. Okay, I'm going to give okay. it a try. Okay. Okay, before you roll this, yes. 
Someone go ahead and roll me a flat d20. Oh no. Oh, oh no. <laughs> it thunders and lightnings outside. Nine. 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 <laughs> That's three. All right. That's three nines in like five minutes. <laughs> Continue with fishing. Uh oh. I'm holding. I'm holding the stick. Does she have advantage or disadvantage? Uh, uh, do you have proficiency in survival to Ariel? No. Disadvantage. Then it's gonna have to be at disadvantage. Alrighty. <laughs> this was survival. Yes, this was a survival. Guess what I got? A natural one. Nine. <laughs> did you did you roll with disadvantage? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe it's the same big fish. Maybe it's a different big fish. But either way, it, it, kind of like like before, Canino was standing there trying to hold very still with the rod. It's just like, it's taking forever. And now she the, the role has been reversed and she's just like, this is taking forever. And then finally, like the you see you see a bigger shape move in. And nothing. Maybe a handful of mud. No! <laughs> as, as, as they're doing this, Rim's going to look over at uh, Tempest and be like, have you ever thought about bow fishing? No. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> you seem quite fish. skilled with your bow. Might be easier than your bare hands. That might be something, oh, I was going to say tomorrow, but we won't be at the lake tomorrow. Yeah, you could get up early and try. Oh, yeah, I'll do that. It's just a little... I can't see very well in the dark, so... Morning, right at sunrise. That's usually yeah. a good time to I'll, I'll do it before we leave tomorrow. But I think tonight, just good old rations. Eldith, after like 10 minutes, 15 minutes of sitting here around the fire, um, Ariel and Kanina have this rock in the water. So there's no, like... There's not much to, to show you guys out there, really. Like, Kanina might have a faint glow, but like I said, you guys are a couple hundred feet away. We just hear splashing and cursing. Eldith just looks over to Rem and Temptus. Uh, you, th- you think those two are okay out there? They've been, they've been gone an awfully long time, don't you think? Oh, knowing Nina, if something had happened, we would know. <laughs> oh, uh, what do you mean by that? Well, you, you saw her fight the wolves. She's uh, quite skilled in the magics and tends to be fire-based, so I'm pretty sure we'd see something. Oh, I, I didn't see her too well. Uh, you, you might not have noticed this, but, uh, but I, you know, I was in the cart with Ariel. She, she lit the one, like it just exploded into a, into a ball of light and was dead. And uh, then Bucky here, Bucky, she's like pointing over behind her. Bucky over there, uh, yeah, he got spooked and he booked it the fuck the other way. So I didn't actually see Kanina do anything. Smart animal. So uh, she's a she's a fire mage, huh? Well, she's a, a user of magic and tends to lean towards fire. Whether or not I. She would call herself a fire mage. I, I'm not sure. Well, I'll, I'll, for simplicity's sake, I'll call her a fire mage. That's pretty cool. Uh, does she do anything quite as flashy as Ariel? You know that big light just. She's uh, she's done some some more impressive things, and he kind of looks at the uh, the toasty cart. Goes, what but, you uh, looking at up there? Oh, just remembering something. Oh, well, I mean, if if you're confident that uh, that we'd notice, then yeah. I uh, 
I guess I, I won't I won't worry about it unless I start seeing like fire coming off of the lake and then then I'll worry. Yeah, when the lake's then on I'll get fire. The, then I'll get on Bucky and uh, Bucky will take me the fuck uh, that way. Last time when we were on our way over here, we we told you that we got attacked by the gnolls on the way over here, right? Did, did we? I don't. I don't think you guys did, but Lydia. Lydia kind of shared your story. Okay, so you know. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Nina was on top of the, the cart, and she like lit herself on fire. Just wait, wait, wait. Whole body lit her herself on fire. It it was really impressive, but then it kind of freaked me out. So I tried to put her out. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Lit herself on fire. She just kind of went and she's okay. Yeah, I think Damn. it's because she's a tiefling. I was yeah, I was just about to say those <laughs> those tieflings, you know, I It was really cool. You'll have to ask her to show you. I guess there's some benefit to your grandma or grandpa fucking a demon after all. <laughs> Just I'm picturing this like, <laughs> but now the whole top of the cart is a little singed, and Malin wasn't very happy about it. But she can go fuck herself. <laughs> uh I uh, you know, other than getting my my cart parked there, and Ariel took care of all that. I don't know much about Malin. And uh, for the record, she's not very old. Like, oh, she's, she's not. She's younger. She's about your age. Wait, who? Malin or Eldith? Eldith. Like, like We've to compare her as a dwarf. That everyone we interact with is like decrepit. Well, no, like, <laughs> like it, I mean, in in the real world, to compare Eldith, yeah, she's in her like mid thirties. If you compared her age to a human, okay, that's quite the impressive story. And she she kind of she's looking up at the cart because you you mentioned it. Mm -hmm. awesome. You know. I never really like thought about asking why it was like that. I just I recognize that symbol. That's the uh, the symbol of the Farron family travel company. I just assumed that you know something. Right, we tried uh, burning that off too. You know, just like a a loner cart kind of thing. I thought that maybe they just gave you one that was a little already damaged as traveling adventurer types, but huh. You guys are the ones that are responsible. You know, that's kind of funny, because that means the thing that I was thinking happened to this before. That's now you guys. Yeah, and then the next people will hear a good story. Yeah. If the we next, don't keep it. The next people, when I, you know, am, am thinking about, like, I see this card again, and I'm thinking that, oh, man, someone a while ago, they must have been responsible for that. That's got to be an interesting story. Well, now I'll know that story is actually tied to you guys. Rem and Tempest are kind of like in silence at this point. You know, this is probably something that's a lot funnier when I'm not the one that did it. I'm going to eat my bread now and drink some of my water skin. Let me know if you need topping off. Yeah, we'll just be like, well, Ariel, it was it was a good idea, but unfortunately neither of us caught anything. We'll, we'll have to try. fish. Yeah, if we ever come back this way, we'll have to try it again. Or if we yes. see another, another river. We'll keep we're going, trying. Maybe on the ship we'll have to give Someday some more fishing practice. <laughs> well, to my excuse, I never did try fishing when we were on the ship. Oh, yeah, you're right. That was mostly Rem and I who tried fishing out. It was a lot of fun. You should join us next time. I'm pretty sure this was my first time fishing. It was a good idea. I mean, we lured fish, so yeah, we just didn't catch any. Oh, well. I wonder if I would have used like one of my herbs that might be smelly, if that would have worked. 
Mm, I don't know. It might make the t- fish they taste might, funny. They like, might try to bite onto the rock, though. I don't know. I'm not enough of a fisherman to kind of know what would attract fish, but... I Me guess either. We'll- That's why I'm guessing that. <laughs> eh, maybe we'll ask Tempest when we go back. So. Yeah. Uh, you guys were gone for probably about a half hour, 40 minutes, when you count the walk out and the walk back. By the time you guys get back, it's, uh, it's, like, it's gotten quiet around the camp. Um, I don't know if, uh, would, would, uh, Rem or Tempest stay up for them to come back? Well, Rem was taking first watch. Okay, so, Tempest, would you be staying up for them to come back? Is it late enough to... Oh, yeah, we're talking, like, 10 o'clock, oh, not 10.30-ish. Yeah, she's, she's snuggled up in her bedroll. And uh, at this point, Eldith as well. Well, uh, uh, good night to you all. It was nice uh, breaking breaking bread with uh, with with you, Rem and Tempest. I think canonically, I know your guys' names. I guess if we're um, Ariel and I are back by now, um, it'll just be. Let's see. Uh, was it like an hour per watch? Is what normal? It's typically it two, hours? two hours. Okay. Hey, Rem, wake me up when you're done. You're going to do watch with Nina? Are we doing them in pairs? I was taking first watch. Nina offered second. Oh, you did. I was writing. I missed that part. Mm-hmm. Off. But if you would like to, I'd, I have no problem. Two of you can uh, help keep each other up in the witching hours. And you guys can wake up uh, Ariel for third watch. We need four people. Four different watches. Eight hours. You could always go a watch without. No. <laughs> See what happens. <laughs> then I'll take last watch and I'll take that time to go bow hunting. <laughs> bow fishing. See if I can catch a rabbit too for breakfast. But we have to get through other people's watches first. Oh, well, I guess everybody went to bed, so it's a good thing we didn't come back with fish <laughs> this late. So. Well, we figured it was taking you guys long enough that you probably didn't catch it. Eh, we give it a good try. We definitely saw fish. Uh, I don't think there's enough fish in this lake to really be, like, successful anyways. <laughs> All right. You two should get some sleep. Yep. Um, I'll wake you up in a couple hours, Nina. Sure. Yeah, I'll do so, and then, uh, I guess, uh... You can wake me up when you're done. Okay. And, yeah, I guess we'll re- um, wake up when you're done, so... Okay. Good night, everybody! Um, Nina will roll up in her little bedroll that she has. I'm guessing she probably set it up uh, outside somewhere. Near the I'm going to put my bedroll underneath the wagon and sleep <laughs> under the wagon. Grim has kept his uh, lantern lit. He's just had it hooded down to the five foot dim radius. Okay. But if he hears anything, he can quickly open it. Mm-hmm. I would imagine Kanina had set up probably somewhere near the campfire because she likes the toastiness. But <laughs> So everyone is uh, staying out in the wilderness, I, the Ariel was under the cart. Tempest, were you outside or did you Next go into the, the cart fire. to sleep? Okay. Um, Eldith, like her cart is a little smaller and she, she wheeled it up. Like, I imagine that you guys kind of are like a, like a almost 45 degree or like kind of a 90 degree angle from each other at like one side of the camp. Um, she, like, while you guys are setting up camp, she had a tent that she set up, and she crawls into her tent to, to sleep. It's kind of pitched, like, if 
you guys are 90 degrees around the campfire. She's like got hers at the the Bucky is on the outside of it and she's got a tent set up kind of in front of him so that she's like as she's going to bed or as she went to bed Rem and Tempest would have heard of him like hey, good night Bucky you uh, you sleep good We're, we got more traveling to do in the morning you but you're used to this and she crawled into her tent Rem go ahead and roll me a d20 for first watch 14 14 Okay. You're sitting there at the fire. You're, you're trying to, to listen around, I imagine. Throw a log in every once in a while. As the, are you trying to keep the keeping the fire going? Yeah, just a real, real low fire. Yeah, Mostly you know, as, as the coals start to, to start, like, as like fire gets to that point where the coals start to collapse in on themselves, and then you, you toss another log on just to keep the, the fuel going. Yeah, but never like a big flame. And you you are hearing animal sounds off in the distance. You you hear like it, it's night out. You're out in like you know we don't experience this in modern day society, but you're out in like the wilderness essentially. And so like it it could be hundreds of feet away. You hear like a creature approaching the water, and like you hear like just this this distant lapping of the lake. So something big enough to hear it from far away but it it doesn't seem like it's coming to you and you you know you're hearing owls in the woods you hear the occasional wolf um every once in a while you you hear like some some interesting like like screams or howls or like hideous laughter that you're not super familiar with way off in the distance you'll make note of that does it sound kind of like the knolls? does sound a lot like the knolls, but all you can tell is that you are close enough to hear off in the distance, but other than it is still, like, on the, like, still ahead of you on your journey, you have no idea where it is other than it's on the side where the forest is, and it is still ahead. So if he does, like, a, a slow circle around the outside of the fire, keeping the fire at his back, can he see, like, any other light sources further out even if they're way out mm. yes because you're kind of on a plains ground as you reach the western side you you see lights way up in the air that you would recognize as being those braziers outside of the door into Starengeld. Okay. and you see a little bit of torchlight and you know we are talking like I think this is like a 300 something mile journey so we're talking like long ways away but you're on a, a flat enough ground that you see that and there's probably just a faint glow like the curvature of the planet probably stops you from really seeing the village but you might see just faint light coming from the village's direction okay. and you're getting kind of that same aura off to the um, to the east side towards Port Norsal just because it is such a big city mm -hmm. and that cloud cover came in and it came in even as the night went on you've you actually um, since you're kind of looking around and you're seeing this light reflecting off of the cloud you notice that up above you are clouds and towards the mountain are clouds you were not actually able to see moonlight from where you're at okay but nothing on the ground that 
that would give you any cause for worry or concern. Alright. And reasonably uneventfully. So he'll basically just spend his time sitting, you know, quietly every maybe half hour doing just a quick walk around the camp with his lantern. And reasonably uneventfully, Rem's night comes to pass and he goes to wake up the next person. He'll hand Nina the lantern and tell her this will this should burn for another two hours or so. Doing your calisthenics. And just because this isn't a situation that has come up very much, I just want to clarify for the players and the audience, I consider a completed long rest of eight hours with the two-hour watch to be good enough for spellcasters to get their spells back. They do not, however, get their spells back until the end of the long rest. But I know there's a little bit of debate about the fact that if someone takes a watch, then they, you know, then you have to have a 10 hour night because I know. So I just narratively ignore that and consider the light time spent on watch as part of the long rest. Kanina, as your watch starts, why don't you go ahead and roll me a d20? 18. 18. All right. Why don't you kind of describe how your first hour of watch goes? I would imagine she'd probably do a few exercises here and there, and she'd probably be doing the same thing that Rem was, uh, roaming the camp and taking a look around, making sure she doesn't see anything fishy, and she'll especially be keeping an ear out, you know, see if she hears anything approaching the camp. Um, After an hour passes, she'll go ahead and shut the lamp and close it off so that she can save an hour for the next person who goes on watch. Okay. As you're, you know, making your way around camp and listening out, you do hear on the, uh, you know where the lake is and then the roadside. On the roadside, it's it's quite a ways off, but you do hear the, the soft crunching of, like, dry leaves, a couple snaps of twigs of what sounds like about three creatures. It's, it's a ways off, but they're out off in that direction towards the forest, but they're walking... From Port Norsal side to the Sterengeld side. So they are walking from the east to the west. And does your second hour play out much the same as the first? Yep. Kenny would probably just be thinking to herself how she'd better improve her fish catching, that kind of thing. <laughs> and that's about it. She'd be making sure she pays very close attention to the camp, make sure she does a patrol every now and then around this, like the circumference of it, and just keeping an ear and eye out. So, and she'll, you know, make a n- mental note about those footsteps she heard going from the east to the west. But other than that, from the first hour and the it's, the second hour is much the same. Okay, so the the you do keep the fire going even though you're you're putting out the lantern yeah. in your second hour. Okay. Yes. Um, kind of this, this whole time before you've had that lantern to kind of shine out and, and kind of bullseye out into different directions to sweep around. Mm -hmm. And I imagine that after putting that out and now you just have the light of the fire, which is largely going to just be encompassing the, the bright light is going to be like where everyone is sleeping. Mm Mm-hmm. 
and the dim light will extend out past the carts, but is also blocked off by the carts and horses and stuff. Right, so there's some deep shadows behind those. Yeah. And I imagine that that does make this this camp a little creepier. You uh, You remember back to your journey here, and I believe it was you that were on watch when the gnolls attacked. Yeah. So I imagine you're you're having kind of like any little rustling kind of makes you think of the gnolls coming. But nothing as you're listening out seems to be approaching your guys' camp. Yeah, she'll definitely be on edge and ready to call out as like the first sign of trouble. But as far as it stands, since she hasn't seen or heard anything uh, dangerous approach, she's going to basically just keep on watch and keep alert. And your second hour of watch comes to an end. So towards the second hour of her watch, she'll go ahead and relight the lantern and then she'll go to wake up Ariel. Just she'll kind of grab her shoulder and shake her gently and just be like, Ariel, time for your watch. Oh, okay. There's uh, an hour left of light in this lantern, which will help you see out into the darkness. And then after that, you'll be on your own. So, okay. Wake us up if anything happens. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Adventures in Aurelia. If you are liking what you hear, consider rating the show and leaving a review on Apple Podcast or Stitcher. If you know someone who likes fantasy stories and think they might like the show, help them find us by showing them adventuresinarelia.com, where they can listen to episodes, read our blog, and find links to subscribe to the show. We are also available in your favorite podcast apps. If you'd like to support the show, you can donate to us monthly on Patreon at patreon.com slash adventuresinarelia. One dollar a month gets you access to all of our bonus content and helps us raise the funds needed to improve the show. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can send us an email to feedback at adventuresinarelia.com or you can join our Discord server at adventuresinarelia.com slash Discord. We'd love to hear from you. We'd like to thank BattleBards.com for allowing us to use their songs and sound effects in our production. If you would like to bring these sounds from the world of Aurelia to your home games, sign up for BattleBards Prime. Uh, your BattleBards Prime subscription will give you access to stream all songs or their catalog, as well as 20% discount on all purchases. Use the coupon code Aurelia, that's E-R-Y-L-I-A, when signing up to get a 15% off the cost of your subscription. Lastly, we'd like to thank artists who allow us to use their music in our show. Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, Tabletop Audio, Windswept, Sirenscape, Alexander Nakarada from Serpent Sound Studios, and Adrian Von Ziegler. Also, Jamie Bryce and Derek and Brandon Feichter and Scott Buckley. You can find links to all of these wonderful artists at adventuresinarelia.com slash music. Thank you.